Unity of Farmington Hills, a powerful path for spiritual living. but I feel free in the spirit, <laughs> uplifted, ready to flow, ready to go. Thank you for that. Woo! Woo! That was exciting. Ooh, I'm all lit up now. <laughs> I'm ready for a music session. 
Sunday. <laughs> I know, let me sit down and let them go. Oh my gosh, oh my gosh. Good morning, Unity of Farmington Hills. Now, y'all can do better than that. We just got free in the spirit. Good morning, Unity of Farmington Hills. Good morning. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> and welcome to all of you who are visiting us today, those who are in person and online. I am Reverend Kelly Kincaid. I am so excited to be here with you all today. I'm going to share our announcements, and we're going to continue with the music. <laughs> Please join us after service today for fellowship um, and light refreshments down in the social hall. We would love to have you join us. Our next critical conversation Zoom meeting is on tomorrow at 7 p.m. This is one of the ways that we are co-creating a loving and compassionate, spirit-filled world. So please join us and invite others as well. The link is on our website. There is a hospitality training next Sunday, March 5th at 11.45 a.m. downstairs in the kitchen. And this is for the kitchen team, which we now are calling the hospitality team. And anyone who would like to volunteer to help in the kitchen during fellowship gatherings and special events. The Veterans Peer Support Group is also meeting next Sunday at 12 p.m. downstairs in room 9. So all veterans are welcome. You can invite veterans, too, to join us. Oh, well, I'm not going to be there to join y'all. <laughs> um, on March 12th, the men's and women's group are having their first outing together. We're going to go to Leo's Coney Island on 12 Mile and Farmington Road, and then afterwards we're going to go over to the Holocaust Memorial Center on Orchard Lake and off of 12 Mile. So please join us, the more the merrier. Let's do this together, the men and women's groups together. I'm excited about it. And all men and women are welcome. Even if you're not a member of our church, invite others to join us. We're going to have our first fundraiser. It starts today. It's our church directory fundraiser for the capital campaign. It will end on April 23rd. We're putting together new direct, uh, church directories for um, our church. So to be a part of it, fill out the envelopes that are in the packets that you got today from the greeters. And then if you want to do a donation, either $10, $15, or $20, put it in that envelope and hand it to Lois. She'll be outside of the sanctuary or downstairs in the social hall after service. She'll also be here on Sunday mornings from 9.20 to 10 a.m. before service, and then you can see them downstairs in the social hall afterwards. I love this because in the beginning of the book, we're going to have our information for our members. At the end of the book, we're going to have ads and special messages. So if you want to put in a business ad, you can. There's forms in that packet. Or you can put in a special message. Maybe you want to congratulate somebody or celebrate an anniversary or a part birthday part birthday or something like that. You can do that. Those are in the, the ads are in, the, you know, in that packet they gave you. If you have any questions, please see Lois Jones, Sharon Lewis, or Victoria Eurista, and they can help you out. I think I covered that. Oh, we do need help. We do need volunteers. Um, who else? Chuck. Chuck. Oh, Chuck's helping out too. Thank you, Chuck. We needed, some, we needed some masculine energy, so we asked Chuck. So Chuck's helping out, too. Thank you, Chuck. <laughs> um, so, it, so if you would like to help us, please ask, uh, talk to one of the <coughs> committee members that I just told you, Lois, Sharon, Chuck, and Victoria Eurista. And also, if you have any graphic design skills that you can help us put this together, please talk to us. Let's have fun raising funds for the capital campaign.
Sharon Lewis is going to be our prayer chaplain for today. She will meet with you uh, at the, what I call the patio doors, <laughs> in the back of the sanctuary. And what I please, 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 can I say please, please, please ask you all to do is come on out so that she can have a sacred space to pray with people. Um, you know, because I, I, prayer is really important to me, and I want people to have a sacred place. So if you could just shuffle yourselves out, go downstairs, go in the hallway. You don't got to go home, but you got to what? No, I'm just kidding. Leave the sanctuary. <laughs> did I say that right? I did. <laughs> I say things wrong sometimes. And to stay abreast of our weekly activities, upcoming events, our outreach, and our outreach pages, please visit our website, unityfh.com, or you can visit our Facebook page, or you can look through the weekly newsletter that Matthew sends out every Friday. And now, we're going to have our music team sing Shirley to Presence, and as they do that, quiet yourselves down for the daily word and our opening prayer and meditation. Sunday of the Lenten season, February 26, 2023, our daily word for today is let go, let God. I invite you, if you'd like to, to gently close your eyes and take a deep breath and just let go and let God as I read today's daily word. Today we affirm, I bravely release unworn behaviors and embrace my bright, brilliant future. And our message reads, holding on to what no longer serves me because it is familiar and I've grown accustomed to it may stall my growth. I evolve more quickly when I trust my guidance and release old patterns and behaviors. In my heart, I know that when I move ahead from, move away from a dysfunctional relationship, a negative attitude or unhealthy way of living, I move towards something greater, peace safety, harmony, freedom, and fulfillment. I let go of anxiety and fear and open myself to happiness and security. I breathe in freedom. My heart becomes buoyant and my steps lighter. I set my intention today to release anything I have been fearful of letting go so that I can confidently move forward, open to infinite good. Our Bible verse for today comes from Matthew 18, 18. Truly I tell you, whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, 
and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Let us pray. So with our eyes gently closed, let us take a deep cleansing breath. Bring your attention down into the center of your heart, I mean the center of your chest, which is your heart center. Release everything in this morning that was the hustle and bustle of getting here. And tune into a quiet space of peace and stillness and love. Take two more gentle, deep breaths, breathing in a feeling of love. And as you exhale, release a feeling of love out from your heart center. And take your second breath, breathing it in deeply, a feeling of love. And as you exhale, release that love from your heart center out into the world. Just imagine it happening. It is from this space of love that we pray. Mother, Father, everything, God. We acknowledge and affirm that you are that one power, that one presence, that one activity, that's the only activity that is active in our lives and in the universe. That you are God, the good, omnipotent. We acknowledge that because you are everywhere present, your beautiful, powerful presence dwells within each and every one of us. We set our intention to remember that now and always. That as we look into the eyes of ourselves in the mirror and we look into the eyes of others, we remember that we are looking into the souls of the divinity that dwells within them. We prepare ourselves for this Sunday, this first Sunday of the Lenten season to release, to repent, to let go to fast from those things that no longer serve us and let you move us forward into a new expression. We sit in a feeling of love just for a little bit. And God, as we do, we let it enfold us. We imagine your beautiful love hugging and enfolding us. We know that that love inside is not only hugging us, but it is healing us. It is restoring us and bringing us into a deeper expression of individualized expressions of God. We sit in that peace, we sit in that love, and we just let it radiate just for a little bit.
God, it is our intention to receive your love deeply, to learn to love you deeply with all of our heart, our mind, our soul, and our strength, and to learn how to love others as we do ourselves. We lift this prayer in our meditative hearts in the mighty name and nature of the indwelling Christ. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. And so it is. Amen. And now let us go ahead and affirm our, our statement of being together. God is all, both invisible and visible. One presence, one mind, one power is all. This one that is all is perfect life, perfect love, and perfect substance. I am an individualized expression of God. I am ever one with this perfect life, perfect love, and perfect substance. And now let us affirm our growth affirmation with some gusto, knowing that it's working. Together, we give thanks for our expansive congregation that fills our halls, sanctuary, and classrooms with seekers and teachers of unity truth, fills our hearts with love and joy, and provides us with all of the necessary resources to co-create a loving and compassionate spirit-filled world. Amen to that. Myself in times of trouble, Mother Mary comes to me, speaking words of wisdom, let it be. And in my hour of darkness, she is standing right in front of me, speaking words of wisdom, let it be. Let it be, let it be, let it be, let it be. the 
Let it be, let it be. I know, I know, right? That's one of my all-time favorite songs. Oh my gosh, oh my gosh, oh my gosh. I don't know about y'all, but I'm pumped up for the music today. Y'all yeah. must feel good singing it, huh? <laughs> oh my goodness. So today is the first Sunday in the Lenten season. And uh, it's interesting because Lent is um, the season where it's a preparation for Easter. And during the time of the Lenten season, what we do is normally people fast uh, from eating something sweet or eating certain foods or stuff like that. That's actually how I started becoming a vegetarian. I fasted from red meat and uh, pork. And then I, the next time I did it, I fasted from chicken and fish and everything else. And so for 20 years, I've been vegetarian now. <clears throat> but the main thing that Charles Fillmore talks about fasting from is anything in your mind that no longer serves you. A spiritual fast is the most powerful fast. And Jesus talks about that because he said it's not what you eat that defiles you. It's what comes out of the heart inside of you. It's, the, it's what comes out of your heart, your thinking, your way of feeling and being. That's the part that is um, damaging to us. Because food you eat, it digests and go out. Especially if you eat it and doesn't go well with your stomach. <laughs> But the things that we harbor in our minds, harbor in our hearts, and actually they settle in parts of your body, those are the things that damage us. So for this Lenten season, that's one of the things, that's what we're going to do, is we're, we are going to focus on fasting from those things that no longer serve us, fasting from those damaging thoughts, fasting from those beliefs, those habits, those ways of being that are out of alignment with God. And so we're going to start this um, process together with finishing up studying the parable of the rich man and Lazarus because there were some things last Sunday that kind of came up for me even after I left service. Like last Sunday was a deep Sunday for me because I was really led to, to pour into and it, and, and it was really interesting to go into that process of pouring into because I was talking about how the rich man was with, La with Lazarus. And as I was sharing with you all about how I had those moments of being judgmental to people who have the signs and they're asking for money. And I, I'm judge I was judgmental to them at first. And then when I started giving out money to help people and buying food to help people and still doing it, it fills me up. And in that moment, um, for those of you who were there and those of you who weren't, in that moment of feeling full, that was when I felt led to share the, and, and, and hold into light and love and support. Those of you who are white men in our spiritual community and in the world for that matter, who are supporting the shift in consciousness to bring us into diversity, equity, and inclusivity. Amen? And so that was kind of deep for me. I don't know if it was deep for you all, but it was really deep for me. And the deep part of it was that I had been already uh, thinking about that, and I'd had conversations with Reverend Bonnie about that, and the idea that maybe some white men might feel beat up or feel like they're that someone wants to punish them, those who are here now, 
for what was, happen what was happening in the history. And it was coming to me that that's not what is wanted, or to give anything up. And it was coming to me that that's not what is wanted or needed in the United States or needed in the country. What's needed in the country is to shift into a consciousness, to move into an allyship on both sides of the table where we l release any parts that block black and brown people, yellow and red people, anybody who is not white that blocks us from freely, safely, and equitably moving into diversity, equity, and having our privilege just like those who have privilege as well. Does that make sense? Yeah. And so that's where my mind was. So as we went into that, we were talking about last week, um, the title of my talk was Self-Examination and Repentance. And so I want to go a little deeper into self-examination and repentance because that's what the Lenten season really deals with. It re deals with examining ourselves on a deeper level and then moving into those places where we see we can be reinforced by the spirit within and co-create with God something greater. And through that examination, we move into repentance. Now, this is the powerful thing that comes to me. Everything is connected. Everything is connected. And so when we go into the space of self-examination, for me, the power that represents self-examination is our faculty of power, our spiritual faculty of power. And power, you know, is the, is the, um, the, the power that we have in our throat chakra, but it's also our dominion over our world. It's our dominion over our consciousness. So you have accountability and responsibility for your own mind. That's part of our dominion. But you also have responsibility and accountability in that to examine and learn about yourself. Examine your mind and learn about yourself and then to step into self-control. Does that make sense? Yes. So as we talk about self-examination, that's what we're talking about. We're talking about the parts in us that need to examine where we are and transmute those parts that are lower frequencies like the rich man here in the, in the parable in Luke chapter 16, verse 19 through 31, he was in a space where he was so caught up in the, we the material wealth and satisfying his own gluttonous, fleshly desires that there was no part of him that was in tune with the spiritual desires that lie inside of us, the spiritual wealth that lies inside of us. And so as this as Lazarus is sitting at the gate waiting for uh, crumbs from the table, it's not that he, you, you know, as you think about that, until you, until you realize he's sitting at the gate, it seems like he's sitting at the table waiting for crumbs to fall. But really, he's sitting at the gate. This is a rich man who's in a uh, bricked-off house, and he's sitting at the gate because what they used to do was they used to take and throw the food out on the curb, out on the ground, and then the dogs would eat them, and people who were beggars would eat them too. They'd dig through it and eat them. And that's what he was waiting for, this uh, Lazarus. And the interesting thing that there's been a lot of discussions about this being a parable because Jesus never really named anybody. He always says a certain man did this or a certain woman did this. But here he names Lazarus. And it's interesting because when you look into him naming Lazarus, this is one of his times where he is prophesying what he's going to do. Now this twofold. He's prophesying that he's going to raise someone from the dead named Lazarus, which was one of his really good friends, because he does it a little bit later. But he's also prophesying about himself. And it's interesting when you look at this, 
Because the reason why he talks about the man with the sores and all of that too is because anybody who has sores on their skin in the Jewish tradition was considered defiled. You couldn't touch them or be around them. They were, had to be away from the uh, general population until they were healed again, and they had to go to the priest, and the priest had to heal, uh, check and uh, verify that they were, here, were healed, and then they could come back into the community. He's sitting outside of this rich man's gate because he doesn't even have the strength to get up and go outside of the community. It's representing those moments when we are so low in our consciousness, feeling so low, whether it's a health condition, a relationship condition, uh, um, a financial condition, a job where we're seeking a job, or sometimes you just have moments of depression. And I have those moments sometimes. And because I am a strong, like a, maybe a little person, but I got a big, big, big energy. And so when I, when I do go through depression, I sink down low. I sink down low. And that's, that's what that represents, those, lower, those times when we are really low. But we're really low because we haven't been feeding that part of ourselves. We haven't been giving the spiritual part of ourselves attention. Does that make sense? And so Lazarus, the name Lazarus means whom God helps. And here is really important because it's whom God helps during your weakest, lowest, most depressed, most deepest moments in your life where you've gone through, you're going through some deep, deep stuff. And that's what Lazarus represents. The sores and all of that, and even the dogs coming to lick the sores. Now, these are mangy dogs, and they're licking the sores, which is making the man even more defiled, even more that he can't be around anybody in the community. And sometimes we feel that way. Sometimes we feel like God's not even there. Sometimes it's hard to celebrate when we're in those low moments. And sometimes we find ourselves in that, and we don't even realize how we got there. Have you ever had those moments where you've been somewhere low, and you don't even realize how you got there? You just feel that way? Just everything? And then you may have a day where everything seems to be going wrong. It's like one thing on top of the other, on top of the other, on top of the other. Everything seems to be going wrong. And you're trying your best to make it work itself out, but it still seems to be going wrong. Anybody had those moments? That's what Lazarus represents. But the part that's important to know is that God is your help in those moments. And because we're spending so much time focused on the human and on the issues and on the situation... We are starving the spiritual part of ourselves that we can build ourselves up. Do you get that? There's two other things in this story that I saw that I wanted to share. Remember how we've been talking about those who exalt themselves will be humbled and those who humble themselves will be exalted. Well, this is an example of that because the rich man was exhausting himself in gluttonous, and it says that he... Uh, he lived every day in luxury. Nowhere thinking about anybody else. Living in, every, in luxury. And because a part of who we are meant to be is to share the spark of divinity with others, if you do not do that, that part of you that represents Lazarus will still 
be starved. Does that make sense? Jesus said there will always be the poor among you. He didn't just mean in the physical world. He meant that there will be times when we focus on the world and get distracted by the world, and now our spiritual connection decreases. And when that decreases, that's when you feel alone. That's when you have those feelings that Lazarus, is in the, that Lazarus represents. And we have to remember, we have to remember that there's always time to repent and do better. There's always time, and we have to remember that there's a spiritual side inside of us that's waiting to let us use it to make us become like the rich man. Amen? Amen. You just have to tap in. So now, it says that the rich, the, the, okay, so now it's talking about the rich man first, and then it talks about Lazarus, but when they, when they transition, they say they talk about the Lazarus first, and then the rich man, which represents that the spirit will always make itself known. Always. Whether it's reaping what we sow that is not comfortable or reaping what we sow that is comfortable. The spirit will always make itself known. I, I already mentioned the part where it says that even it is easier for heaven and earth to disappear. This is in verse 17 of, six, of uh, chapter 16. And earth to, uh, heaven and earth to disappear than the smallest point of God's law to be overturned. God's presence is always there. Transitioning means surrendering and letting it go. When you're there, God's the first person there, the first, not even a person, the first spiritual energy there because of law to manifest where you are in consciousness. Is that making sense to everybody? So as we see in the end part, when the rich man transitioned, he still was focused on his privilege and seeing the Lazarus as less than him. And that doesn't just me talk about that people who, how it's happening in, our, in the country in the United States. It's what happens inside of our minds. It's what it happens inside of us. When we think one part of ourselves is better than the other. And we hold our attention on that part more than the rest of our consciousness. Then the rest of the consciousness is sacrificed. Amen? We are meant to see God in every aspect of ourself and in every aspect of each other. Otherwise, you will continue to treat yourself and others in a way that is not loving. And so repentance is really important. Now, he realizes, because in verse uh, 25... No, verse 24, he realizes that he says, uh, have pity on me, Father Abraham, have pity on me. But he doesn't realize that he needs to change his consciousness because he's still acting in the same way. Send Lazarus over to dip his finger in some water and touch it against my mouth. Repentance is about two major things. Well, three. First of all, examining ourselves when we're in situations that we do not like. Sometimes the situation is what we need in the moment. may not feel the best, but it's what we need in the moment. Actually, all times situations that we don't like are what we need in the moment because there's a lesson that we're learning out of it because we got there in the first place because we didn't sit with God. And there's something in the consciousness that's seeking to be realigned with God. That's the fourth unity principle. 
That's the fourth unity principle, that we deny the power of those things that we do not like, that are not true in our life, that we are living as a false consciousness in our life, and then we affirm the things that are true in our life. Oh, my goodness. He put, all right, my husband's some sweet business. Hi, I'm high-fiving you, Howard. Sweet business. I'm going to do it twice. Do, do. Thank you. I love it. But that's what it is. Through prayer and meditation, denials and affirmation, we align our minds with God. Repentance is a part of that process. But the first part is going inside, taking up responsibility and accountability of your own consciousness, looking inside of yourself on a daily, moment-by-moment -moment basis because you can be in one moment, one, one mood, one moment, and then shift that mood depending on what's going on in your life. You ever been in a happy moment and the next thing you know it's gone? That's because we weren't rooted. And so it's important to stay in that meditative state, be a walking prayer, be a walking presence of God's life. Jesus was the greatest story ever told because Jesus stayed rooted and focused in the consciousness of God and even acknowledged it, did not take credit for the things that were done in and through him, acknowledged God in the process. And every time you acknowledge God, it grows and more and greater inside of you. And every time you sit and celebrate God, it grows more greater inside of you, even in a sense of illness. It can, if you stay in a space of gratitude, I have seen people Heal even cancer by being in a state of gratitude. Heal their circumstances by being in a state of gratitude, by acknowledging God every moment of the day. And I say laugh as much as you can. Release the distraction of the outer world and focus your attention on the inner world. That's what Lazarus represents because when he crossed over, he was celebrating with, it said that he was um, at a, Banquet, what is this? Uh, bum, bum, bum. Finally, the poor man died. Oh, verse 22. Finally, the poor man died and was carried by the angels to sit beside Abraham. Look at that. <laughs> Where was I? To be carried at, at, at a heavenly banquet. That's a celebration when you get the aha. That's a celebration. So let's go into what happens after we examine. After we go in and examine, and we don't examine with the intention to criticize or condemn ourselves or anybody else. We go inside with a sense of curiosity, looking for moments. Like my, my son has called me a couple times, and he hasn't been in a, he's been in a lull state. And he said it has been, it just hovers there. And I said, well, instead of resisting it, how about you be curious and see what it is, what's going on? Go in and be curious about it. If you resist it, it's going to persist. But if you go in and get curious about what's going on and look in the deeper parts of your consciousness with the truth and a knowing that God will give it to you, the, the, the work of God automatically starts. The moment you turn towards God, you activate God, and the presence of God begins to manifest, and your answers come to you quickly. Even if it's just something uh, frivolous, I, get, I got an example. The meaningful coincidence for examples. Um, one of my colleagues was calling, uh, her name's Reverend Wilma. She called Reverend 
Melanie was asking Reverend Melanie, has she heard from one of our other colleagues, Reverend Melanie Porsche-Donahy, who comes to church, for those of you who know, she comes to meditation. Um, she asked her, has she seen one of another colleague, uh, her name's Reverend Anita Graham. She's like, no, I haven't seen her. So Reverend Wilma was trying to get in contact with her because they were good friends. She was her mentor. She just wanted to check in. And she got nervous and worried because she couldn't, check in, couldn't contact her. She wasn't answering her phone or anything. So we prayed and said and affirmed everything was perfect. So last week, Reverend Melanie calls me and says, you remember when Reverend Mil Wilma was talking about uh, Reverend Anita and stuff? She was like, because she's a social worker at, at a, a school. She said, I was just in this conference, and someone came up, to me, came up to me and said, do you know Gregory Geis? And she said, yeah, I know Gregory Geis. And the lady said, well, I'm An Anita Graham. She said, Reverend Anita? Reverend Wilma's been looking for you. Reverend Anita had just unplugged and was going through her own self-examination, going through her own repentance, going through her, through her own recharging. So she wasn't answering the phones for things that she didn't need to do. She was dealing with school, and she was focusing on God. Well, because we were talking about her and we prayed for her, she came up in consciousness. We got our answer. Does that make sense? We knew she was going to be all right. We knew we'd hear that she was going to be all right. We got our answer. But it happens the same way on the other side. If you just worry about something, you just know it's not going to work out, you're going to get your answer. So you have to shift your mind. You have to examine where your thoughts are, especially when life is showing up the way you don't want it to. So repentance. This is important. Repentance is twofold. In the revealing word, I forgot to bring it, but I think I have it in here. Charles Fillmore says that, and Charles Fillmore is the co-founder of Unity. He says that a repentance is a turning from a belief in sin, which means missing the mark of God, being in consciousness is out of alignment of God, with God, sin and error. So false thinking, false beliefs, error thinking, error, error beliefs, and changing to believe in God and righteousness. So it is really a turning back to God or turning to God in consciousness. It's changing your mind. But when you change your mind deeply, your heart changes too. So it's changing the soul. And that's what the fourth unity principle says, that when you align yourself with God, you purify yourself, you bring yourself back into the consciousness of God. But it's not just your mind, it is your heart. Remember we talked about divorce. When Jesus was talking about divorce in Luke 16, verse 18, he says, for example, a man who divorces his wife and marries someone else commits adultery, and anyone who marries a woman divorced from his, her husband commits adultery. Well, he's talking about the church, our hearts, the church in our hearts, in our minds, the soul being the woman and, G and God being the man. But back then, the woman could not divorce, so he had to say it in a way that they could get it. When you act in a way, feel in a way, think in a way, behave in a way, uh, believe in a way that is outside of God, you have divorced yourself from the presence of God inside of you. Does that make sense? Yes. If your thinking is out of alignment with your heart, or your heart, your feeling is out of alignment with your thinking, and now both out of alignment with God, you are Lazarus. 
No, I'll say it differently. You are the rich man because the rich man is caught up in the things of the world. But when you shift your consciousness and start feeding your soul, feeding your spirit, thinking about God, feeling about God, you go into repentance. And that is the third unity principle. Thoughts held in mind, what? Produce after their kind, right? So this is deep business, how this is all connected. When I got that aha, like, oh my gosh, I was dancing yesterday when I got that aha. So that's the first part of repentance, is changing your mind. The second part, when you're deeply shifted, you change your behavior. I had this, I saw this little, this little um, cartoon little clip as I was researching this on YouTube. It was so cute. It was this little boy who was dancing in the mud. He was having a fun. It was a big old puddle of mud. He's dancing and dancing. He's getting all dirty. He's getting all dirty. Getting just, I love this. This is the life. And then Jesus walks up to him and says, come follow me. And the little boy, let me make sure I'm getting this right. <clears throat> yep, come be with me, my dear. Little boy stops and looks at Jesus and says, me? You can't be talking, he's basically saying, you can't be talking about me. Why would you want someone like me? I don't deserve to be with you. Look, I'm all dirty, messed up. And, and, he's, and he's telling Jesus why he doesn't deserve to be with him. And Jesus says, I can, I can let me wash away your sins. The little boy looks at Jesus and says, you will? And Jesus says, yes. And then there's a caption that says, sin separates us from God. But it's the truth is, sin does not separate us from God. Sin distracts us from God. Missing the mark is what distracts us from God, because you can never be separated from the divinity that's within you. You, if you're living, you're breathing, you woke up, you are one with God. You cannot be separated from the presence of God. Even when the soul leaves the body, it's still the divinity leaving the, the expression of the human. So you can never be separated from God, but you can be distracted from God. So the little boy lets him wash him. He's sitting on a rock. God, uh, Jesus is washing his, his um, and I say God is washing the little boy through Jesus. And he gets up, and now he's feeling good. So he goes, and he sees another, uh, several other puddles, and he goes, hmm, maybe just this one time. He dumps, uh, dumps in all of the puddles, and he comes back, and Jesus sees him, and he's talking about how, how much fun it is, and Jesus says, I thought you told me that you wouldn't do that anymore. And the little boy says, I'm sorry. Jesus cleans him up again. How many times have we had moments where we've done that? Where we promised to do something, where we thought we've repented about something, and a distraction came and we ended up doing it and getting all muddied up again, meaning we were not feeling good after we stepped into that consciousness. We're feeling grubby from, the day, from that experience because it does feel grubby. Feeling low and feeling not, uh -uh, you know, not so good because you do, do end up not feeling good. Jesus cleans him one more time. He says, I'm sorry, I won't do it again. 
And then he sees that he starts walking and sees this big old puddle. Jesus forgives, gave him, right? He's like, ooh, maybe just this one last time, and I can ask for forgiveness afterwards. How many times have we said, I'll do it now and ask for forgiveness later? I can't even remember how the saying goes. Yeah, better to ask forgiveness than permission. How many times have we done that? So he's dancing in his big puddle, dancing in his big puddle, and uh-oh, he's like, something's wrong. No, 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 he starts sinking down. It is quicksand. He's sinking down. Jesus, help me, I forget. Please, I ask for forgiveness. And then right when before this mud hits his neck, his head, you see the hand of Jesus reaching him out, pulling him out. This time, when Jesus cleans him, he's weeping and crying. He's moved in his heart now, and he's shifted in his heart. He didn't just change his mind. He changed his mind and his heart, and his body now will follow suit. So you change the soul, the mind and the heart, and your body will follow. The beautiful thing about this story is that we will always have many second chances with the Spirit of God inside of us to repent for the final time and walk in that truth that we're meant to walk in. And during this Lenten season, it's a beautiful time for us to continue to examine those parts inside of ourselves that we, where we need to forgive, where we need to realign, where we need to help others. In this case, this gentleman, this rich man, did not help his fellow neighbor. He did not show love to his fellow neighbor. So in areas where we don't do it, it doesn't mean, because sometimes some of us are, are okay with giving money to, uh, to people. Freely give it, but we freely give judgment too. And so in those areas, it meant, it's meant for us to give, release the giving judgment and give love instead. So we search our heart, search our mind to see where we are out of alignment with God during this Lenten season. And let's fast from those things that are not loving, that are not in alignment with God, that do not promote the kingdom of God. And you know it when you move into the presence of being a loving expression of God. And so what I want us to do is I want us to close your eyes gently and take a deep breath. And put, put your hand over your heart. Take another deep breath and ask God to help you to be the truth that you know because you have to be it first before you can live the truth that you know. And that brings forth the scripture in Matthew 3 and 8, prove by the way you live that you have repented for your sins and turned to God. Let's take another deep breath. I am turning to God together. I am turning to God and releasing what no longer serves me together and releasing what no longer serves me. Thank you for your help, God, together. Thank you for your help. I surrender it all to you. I have the strength to do what is mine to do. And I give you permission to do what is yours to do. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Amen. Let's live in forgiveness. Let's live in repentance. Let's live in self-examination. And let's be a higher expression of who we are meant to be during this Lenten season. Amen?
Thank you. of God building you into the prosperity consciousness that you are, the abundance, the prosperity, the infinite expression of God that you are. And take another deep breath. Feel what you're led to give for today, for a love offering for today's service, and even what you're led to give to add to that for the capital campaign. And we thank you, God, for every way that you are blessing that. Let's go ahead and affirm our love offering blessing together. Divine love through me 
blesses and multiplies all that I have, all that I give, and all that I receive. Thank you, God. Amen. So if you make any donations online, go to unityfh.com. You can do it through PayPal. You can do it through um, PayPal credit card um, or debit card. You can send it in through a check to the church. I'm going to do it for you, Dennis. Unity of Farmington Hills, 32500 West 13 Mile Road, Farmington Hills, Michigan, 48334. <laughs> Haven't done that in a little while. <laughs> okay, so uh, we had some birthdays in February, right? This is birthday February. Yes. Stand up, those of you who had birthdays in February. But we're not telling our age. <laughs> you don't got to tell your age. Can we sing happy birthday real quick to them? His birthday's today. Happy birthday, Lauren. a beautiful birthday, Lauren. And the rest of you, I hope you had a beautiful birthday. Oh, Doug, I didn't know your birthday was in February. Happy birthday. Ah, I'll right. call you out in a minute. <laughs> um, let's stand up so we can do our prayer for protection. Am I missing anything? I think I got everything. Um, if you have filled out your di uh, directory information envelopes, you can hand them to Lois when you leave out. She'll be um, downstairs in the social hall, or you might catch her before she goes down in the social hall. But go ahead and you can do that. I'm excited about our capital campaign. I'm excited about doing this directory. And I'm excited about you all. I love you all so much. Let's go ahead and um, uh, take a deep breath. And as we pray our prayer for protection, let's just pray it knowing that we are one with everyone in the world. And let's pray it together. Divine love. Wait. The light of God surrounds us. <laughs> the love of God enfolds us. The power of God protects us. The presence of God watches over us. Wherever we are, God is, and all is well. Praise God, there's peace on earth. I know it begins with me. Praise God, there's peace on earth. The peace of all. Thank you for listening to this Unity of Farmington Hills podcast. We hope this has encouraged you, inspired you, and uplifted you. 
If you are unable to attend our Sunday gatherings but would still like to support our spiritual community, visit our giving page, unityfh.com donate.